Praise God. Praise the Lord. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord. This morning, thank you, Lord. Giving us this day, Lord. Lord, a gift from you, Lord. In the midst of all the darkness, Lord, you are the light. You give us light. You give us, Lord, your friendship, Lord, your love. You give us your name to bear as your sons and daughters. Thank you, Father. So we don't deserve the least of your tender mercies. We thank you, Lord, for showering upon us abundant grace. Thank you, Lord. I pray that you fill our hearts up, Lord, with your truth. Help us to treasure your truth, Lord. And, Father, help us to use the day to get closer to you than ever before. Thank you, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' name we praise you. Amen. Amen. I'd like uh, one other person to pray, please, before we get into the Word of God. Thank you. Heavenly Father, go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. Thank you, Lord, for this blessed morning, God. God, this is a new day, Lord, and you, God. This is a day that you have made, God. Let us rejoice in it and be glad in you, Lord. Thank you, God, for your faithfulness to us, God, for your goodness, Lord, to us, for your love and kindness to us, God. That where would we be if we didn't have you, Lord? But because of your great mercy, God, upon us, God, and your great grace, God, you, chosen us, God, to be one of yours, Lord, to know you more deeply, to know you more intimately, God, and we're so grateful, Lord. Thank you for this morning call, God, this time to sit at your feet, Lord. What a privilege, God, every day we have something, God, where we can sit at your feet, God, and we can hear the word, God, and we can Put it into practice, Lord. What a privilege, Lord. Thank you so much, God. I pray that you would bless this call, Lord. God, that you would continue to pour out in the pastors, Lord. That you would continue to bless them, Lord. Thank you so much, God. Give you all the glory on him. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Praise God. In the midst of... Uh global crisis, as we all know, and it seems to be spiraling even more out of control every passing day, but we thank God that we hold God's promise, we stand on his promise, that he will sustain us, he will protect us, and we see that in the prophets repeatedly, that no matter how bad the condition gets and how much of a punishment may come, even in the form of plagues, this certainly falls into the category of plague. Although people may say that maybe someone made it up, someone manufactured this, manufactured it, or not all the news is true news. We all know the effects of this. And so we have the great consolation, whether it's Amos, whether it's Zechariah, whether it's Haggai, whoever it is in the Old Testament, Isaiah, as well as in the New Testament, during the times of trial, you have the assurance, firm assurance of God's love for his people, his not only knowledge of what's going on, but his abundant grace and his predictability that when his people humble themselves and they look to God, in the worst of times, no matter how bad it gets, God will give the endurance and God will give the protection, all that's necessary to still thrive spiritually, and he will bless. So praise God that we can trust God. We can trust God. And we don't need to fear. 
God says, don't fear because I'm with you. Mm. You spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. God is good. Praise his holy name. Pastor is going to share the word. And uh, I'm going to just let her take over right now. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Father, we thank you, Lord, for this morning hour. Thank you, Lord, for giving us this time to spend time in your presence. Lord, I pray that you will touch each one of us, Lord. Renew our strength, renew our minds, renew our bodies, renew everything about us, oh, Lord, this morning. Lord, we don't want to be the same way. I pray for your people, especially, Lord. Lord, I pray that you will strengthen them. We want to go forward even more closer to Jesus, I pray. Lord, we don't want to be like how we were yesterday. We might have made so many progresses. We might have, we might have, Lord, have been delivered in so many ways. We might have been, Lord, healed in so many different ways. But we don't want to be where we are right now because there's so much more. We can get closer to you in so many different ways. So, Lord, I pray, Holy Spirit, that you will strengthen us, O Lord, at this hour, in the name of Jesus, that you will give us, Lord, your grace and your strength, O Lord, to fulfill the eternal purposes of God for our lives. We thank you, Lord. We praise you, Father. We commit ourselves into your hands. I come against all the forces of darkness and every demonic spirit that is warring against us. Bind them in Jesus' name. Take victory in Jesus' name. I pray, Lord, that you will magnify Jesus once more in our lives. Give us eyes to see, ears to hear, hearts to obey, minds to understand what God has for us at this hour. And we thank you, Lord. We praise you. We give you all the glory, honor, and praise. In Jesus' most precious name, I pray. Amen. We're going to turn our Bibles to Matthew chapter 14, Matthew chapter 14, and we are going to, sorry, Matthew chapter 13, and we are going to read from verse, verse 18, Matthew chapter 13, from verse 18. Therefore, hear the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, then the wicked one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. This is he who received seed by the wayside. But he who received the seed on the stony places, this is he who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet he has no root in himself but endures only for a while. For when tribulation or persecution arises because of the word, immediately he stumbles. Now he who received seed among the thorns is he who hears the word and the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and he becomes unfruitful. But he who received seed on the good ground is he who hears the word and understands it, who indeed bears fruit and produces some a hundred fold, some sixty, some thirty. The Spirit of the Lord wants us to speak to our hearts this morning and He wants us to understand our responsibility in the kingdom of God. Our responsibility in the kingdom of God. If you take notes, just write this down. What is my responsibility in the kingdom of God. What is my responsibility 
in my with my own spiritual growth what is my responsibility what is my part in my own spiritual growth we all have something to do when that is not done the result is not obtained god wants to speak to us this morning about our responsibility in the kingdom of god in order for us to grow so jesus said a parable he said a parable about the sower and the seed and then here we see that he is giving the interpretation for that parable that he gave and this interpretation is coming to his disciples so his disciples are asking this question so what is the meaning of this lord and he is giving the meaning to his parables you can just just go straight up to verse 10 you will see that the disciples came and said to him why do you speak them in parables and he answered to them because it has been given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven but to them it has not been given we have to understand if someone says god loves you no matter what we saw this in our bible study yes god loves us but the love of god varies from person to person based on their commitment to god where they are with god yeah these people came there they all came for what for healing they all came to jesus for what to hear his preaching because it's quite interesting some people came why because they wanted to see some fascinating miracles some people came there why because their friends called them they came they wanted to see what's going on some people came there because they thought jesus was just a cool person let's go and see but they were not willing to really go after him did god love them yes that's why he gave them the word but did he disclose everything to them no absolutely not we love everyone we see out there but are we going to go and show our most important things to someone who is outside it could be your friend's kid are you going to go and show them your bank account are you going to give them your password no there are certain things you will not do but when it comes to someone who's much closer to you yes you will if it's your spouse if it's your child who is trustworthy yes you will you will share them your password you will share them your bank account information you will share them everything and god is speaking to our hearts today there is a difference the bible says god favors those who fear him the love of the lord is upon those who fear him and jesus said if you love me keep my and keep my commandments he said i will love you my father and i will love you and we will make our abode with you these are special kinds of love this is not the same love not the same common grace we saw this in detail and we're just going over it in a in a minor way this morning so that we can go into what god has for us today The second thing we see in addition to the love of God is God really shares his secrets with those who are close with him. Now, within that secret realm, there are various types of secrets that God would share. There are certain secrets some people would share with friends, certain secrets they would not share with those friends, but it would be just with one friend. Certain secrets they would not share with any of the friends, only the spouse would know. if the spouse has a good relationship with them so there are certain things you share with them with a person that you really love and really trust someone who really cares about you and you care about them and understand god loved the people in sodom and gomorrah yes do you know what God's heart was more for Abraham because Abraham was in a covenant relationship and he loved God and he obeyed him. Because of that, God only rescued Lot and his family from Sodom and burned the entire city. Sodom and Gomorrah, both the cities. 
with fire and brimstone. What can we say? It completely goes against the false teaching that's out there that says, you can do anything to make God love you more or make God love you less. That's heresy. It's unbiblical. It is a fast way to get someone to hell. The Bible is very clear. It's very clear. God is in a covenant relationship with those who are in a covenant relationship by obeying and keeping his commandments. So now Jesus says over here, yes, those people came for the meeting. They all came and they all sat. But you know what? The secrets of the kingdom of heaven is not given to them. You know who? It's only given to those who are his disciples. Who are his disciples? Those who have denied themselves, picked up their crosses, and followed him. So God will share his heart and show the way to life to only those who are ready to obey him, only those who are willing to deny him, deny themselves. That means say no to flesh, no to the things of this world, no to things that will take them away from God. Not to people who say, yeah, I love God and do the opposite. They're liars, indeed. If you truly love God, Jesus said, keep my commandments. You will keep my commandments if you really love me. So, the Lord is encouraging us this morning, if we really are walking with him, really are bent on obeying him. God says, I will show you the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. But to those who are not my disciples who just come and go, yeah, they all come to church. Yeah, they all come to the meetings. Yeah, you can see them in every crusade. You can see them in every gathering. They can be at every national day of prayer. They can go on every march, you know, abortion march, and this march, and that march. And, you know, they can be at every rally. They can wear shirts and T-shirts against uh, gay marriage and whatever it is. By the way, homosexual sin and heterosexual sin are sin. I don't know why many Christians choose to pick one sin over the other and try to be really malicious and bring people down. It's something that's very grieving to God. You see so much adultery, so much fornication in church. But they go against gay marriage when really... The marriage before God is nothing in church. Adulterous relationships, marrying four, five, six, seven times. Heaven weeps at the height of hypocrisy that is in the church, within the churches, especially in the West. It's now the East too, especially in the West. But then they go against all the other groups as if what they're doing is right. No wonder we're not able to conquer those who are suffering, those who are bound in these alternate lifestyles. Because those who are wearing those T-shirts, those who are protesting, they are bound themselves. Jesus rightly said, how can a blind man go and lift another blind man out of the ditch? How can you do that? If you have your plank in your eye, how can you go and try to take the speck out of someone else's eye? No. It's just a legalistic way, legalistic way of diverting themselves from seeing their own sin and looking into the life of somebody else, going after another person when they themselves have a whole host of issues that are pending before God. May God help, help us to see the height of hypocrisy that is out there. And then they pray for revival. It's amazing. It makes me wonder 
why there's no revival in most places. They call for revival. They want to pray for revival. They want to pray for revival with coffee and donuts, with no real passion, no real tears. They want to pray for revival. When they fought with their spouse in the morning and they come to the revival prayer meetings, they want to pray for revival. When they have no truth in the inward parts, they cheat and lie on the income taxes. They want to pray for a revival when they're fighting with their neighbors. They want to pray for a revival when they have no love and compassion on anyone out there. It's all about me. But you know what? Everyone will come because you organize a meeting and want to, I want to show, show up there and show my face there. Because you know what? I'm important. It's an abomination to God. It's an abomination to God. God knows those who are His, the Bible says, and they that name the name of the Lord must depart from iniquity. Must depart from iniquity. Must depart from iniquity. God will look at every man, every woman, especially in the church. He will say, you know what? Get your act together. Get your house in order. I'm coming. I'm coming swiftly. Before I come, you do it yourself. Because it's not going to be pleasant when Jesus comes back and sees hypocrisy everywhere. And Jesus said, when I return, will I see faith? Will I see active faith? Will I see faith that really works? We see really dead faith. Dead faith that is preached all over. You don't have to do a single thing. He did everything. Dead faith that discourages and mocks that obedience to God. Dead faith everywhere that is leading the way to hell. May God help us. It's so important for us to read the Gospels over and over and over again because no one can twist that. They can twist Apostle Paul's writing. They can twist Apostle Peter's writing. They can twist James, the brother of Jesus' writing. They can do all that. But when it comes to the gospel, it's just black and white. Jesus said it so, in in such a simplified manner. It is black and white, no confusion. That's why every kind of twist comes from the book of Romans. It comes from the book of James. It comes from the book of whatever, Peter. All those come from the gospel. So it's good to read the gospels over and over and over again. We can read episodes, read episodes, and the rest of the New Testament books are good. We preach from that. We read that. We should read that. It is an important part of the New Testament. However, the gospels are the most important part of the New Testament. The Gospels have everything in it. Whatever is branching out in the epistles, from the book of Acts onwards, in the New Testament, they all come from the four Gospels. Jesus spelled out very clearly what is heaven, what is hell, who is going in, and who is not going to go in. And how to do ministry, how not to do ministry. And he's going to come back, how he's going to come back. Everything we need to know to live in this life, who is a disciple and who is not a disciple. Everything we need to know to live a godly life is right there in the Gospels. So if someone violates the Gospels and twists the scriptures from the epistles, they will be accountable to God. Because whatever Apostle Paul said, whatever Apostle Peter said, whoever said God used in the rest of the New Testament to write the New Testament, they all come from the Spirit of God that Christ sent to this world. It cannot go against the teachings of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the teachings of the Lord Jesus Christ are holiness, and he said, be perfect as your Father in heaven is perfect. If someone tries to get into Romans 7 
and tries to say, you know what, we can be perfect, we'll be sinners, and they twist the word of God. As Jesus said, the very words of the Lord Jesus Christ from the Gospels will judge them. So we have to equip ourselves with the teachings of the Lord Jesus Christ. The Spirit of the Lord is speaking to us this morning. If you don't want to fall into error, if you don't want to be overcome by the spirit of error, equip yourself with the Gospels. Read the Gospels over and over and over again. You know, I tell every new believer, this is something that the Lord has told me to tell people. Read the four Gospels at least four times before you go into the book of Acts. Don't just read it like a storybook or a history book. Read the four Gospels at least four times before you go into the book of Acts. Read it. Get to know the life of Jesus. Get to know the words of Jesus. Get to know the heart of Jesus by reading the four Gospels. Then build on that. Then your whole lens will be pure because you will be reading the rest of the New Testament through the eyes of the Lord Jesus Christ that comes from the Gospels. You can never go wrong. But if you start from some preaching that you hear somewhere that suits your itching ear and go around the Bible with that, the spirit of error will lead you into all error as you read the Bible. We have to be very careful. So Jesus says here, verse 11, he answered and said to them, he's asking, the disciples are actually asking him this question, Lord, are you being partial? That kind of thing. Why are we the ones who are receiving the explanation to the parables? Because we need the interpretation. Why are you just giving the parables to the other people and the interpretation to us? And Jesus said, because it has been given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been given. Oh, now you see the love of God more upon this group of people. He's keeping the essential truth away from those who are not willing to follow him. You know why? Because he's not going to throw the pearl in front of the swine. Like Jesus told his disciples. Why? Because no one cared to ask him what the parable meant. The disciples were the only ones who asked him after some time, privately, when all the crowds left. They asked him, Lord, what is the meaning of the parable that you spoke? Because they followed him, they obeyed him, and they wanted to know the truth. So to them, the mystery of the kingdom of God was given. But to those who just came and sat and then heard the parables and didn't bother to find out what the meaning of the parables were, it was not given. Because it was not important to them. The words of the Lord Jesus Christ were not important to them. Today, many people are like that. They will come to church and pay their tithes and offerings. They will go to banquets to fundraise for the homeless people. They'll do all those things. It's easy to do, you see. Those things are easy because you can just give something and just keep doing your own thing. But when it comes to commitment, the people who really commit themselves to the Lord are the ones who really hear the word of God that is preached and put it to practice. There are people who will have girlfriends, but when it comes to marriage, they will not want to marry them. Non-committal relationships. Because it's more like, I want to use you. You're not important to me, I want to use you. I'll have you as long as I want, and when I don't need, I'll throw you out. So I'm not getting into this committed relationship. Many people treat God like that. They will not get into a commitment, a committed relationship, but they will come to him whenever they want. Hey, give me $5, give me $10. You know, there are people like that who go to people, relatives or even to parents, only when they need money. 
when you get the text, you'll know, oh, they need you for money. Sad. It's very sad. That's how they treat God many times. My kid is sick. My husband is sick. When the husband starts getting, giving trouble or getting himself into trouble, then that's when the wife will start praying. Or when the wife is really going out of control, threatening divorce, then the husband will start praying. Or the kids are going astray, then the parents will start praying. Isn't that sad? Imagine how God will feel about that. Every time you come when you have a need, but once that need is met, that's it. They won't show up to church. Once somebody gets healed, they won't come back. They won't show up to church. And the next time when they get into some trouble, then they will show up to church. Then they will say, we will come regularly. We will definitely come regularly. And after that, you know what? God does another miracle, and then they won't show up to church. Coming to church and not coming to church is not doing God a favor. You want to grow in the ways of the Lord? You want to be where He is? Do you want to be perfected? Do you want to become like Jesus? Do you want to really get to heaven? Then church is for you. A really God-led, spirit-led church is for you. But if that's not the case, we just come when we want to come and we just come because we have a need. Then church is not for you. You fall into the category of people who just came to Jesus, who just heard the parables and left. They didn't bother with finding what the message meant. Because only those who want to apply will want to know what this really meant. If they're not going to bother with applying, then they don't care what the meaning is. But the good news is that everyone who is here has a heart for the Lord, thirsts for God. You want to follow Jesus Christ. You want to obey Him. You want to be in a committed relationship, a covenant relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. In that way, you can actually get to know Him and be known by Him. And He will give you the secrets to the kingdom of heaven. His teachings are given. Special teachings are given only to those special group of people. Verse 12. For whoever has to him more will be given, and he will have abundance. And whoever does not have even what he has will be taken away from him. What does this mean? Whoever has to him more will be given, and if he, do, he does not have, how can you even take away what he has? It can sound contradictory, but it is not. Jesus says, whoever has, that means, whoever really took it, this is like he who has ears to hear, let him hear. That means those who really took the word of God in, for them, more will be given. Those who just heard it in a superficial manner, even whatever parables it was you know, given to them, even that will not be given anymore. Even that will be taken away. Therefore, I speak to them in parables because seeing they do not see and hearing they do not hear, nor do they understand. You see that? Hearing they do not hear. That means they didn't have listening ears, ears that would obey. Seeing they do not see. That means they didn't have eyes that would see the truth and see their sin and repent. That their minds, even though they're given the word, they're not interested in obeying. So it's their choice to really not understand the word of God because you shall know the truth and the truth will set you free. But you know what? They didn't care about the truth. All they care about was the miracles he did. Miracles are good. And many people saw the miracles that Jesus did. They really believed in him. There are many disciples, the Lord Jesus Christ. In fact, there were 120 people who waited in the upper room. Not just 12. But out of the majority, they were still the minority. 
Verse 14, and in them the prophecy of Isaiah is fulfilled with says, Hearing you will hear and shall not understand. Seeing you will see and not perceive. The hearts of this people have grown dull. Their ears are hard of hearing, and their eyes they have closed. Lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears. Lest they should understand with their hearts and turn so that I should heal them. What has happened to these people? They have chosen not to listen, not to obey, so that if they don't repent, they will not receive the spiritual healing, the reconciliation that comes from God and inherit eternal life. Isn't that very sad? They have salvation right in front of them. They've chosen to ignore. They've chosen not to give ear, even though the ears are made by God, to hear. But that ears are not connected to listening ears. That means they're going to hear, but they're not going to obey. Many times we say, taking it into one ear and just leaving it right through the other ear. It's supposed to get into the heart. It chose not to. Many times we know what to keep and what to dump. What to throw in the garbage and what to keep. Some people, they will throw most of the things in the house. Some people like to keep everything. The whole house can look like garbage because they like collecting things, collecting things, collecting things, collecting things, all the old things, broken down things. But someone who really knows what to keep and what not to keep, they throw the things that are not essential, and keep the things that are essential and keep the house neat and tidy. When it comes to the things of God, those who have eyes to see, ears to hear, will be those who will see what is the most important thing and they will keep that and throw the non-essential things out. Those are the disciples. They will leave everything behind that doesn't matter, like Apostle Paul did. I counted everything as lost so that I may gain Christ. It's not that he loved drugs, alcohol. Those are not the things that he's talking about. Those are sins. But even everything that was of high value to him, which was he was a Socially, he was a well-off person. He was among the elite group in the, Jew, in the Jewish area, among the Jewish people. But he left that. He gave up that so that he can gain Christ. He says a whole bunch of things. He left all of that to become a messenger of the Lord Jesus Christ. You know why? He found the treasure of all treasures. He knew what he is doing now in winning people over to Christ is going to last forever. All the scribes and the Pharisees and people in the synagogue, they're all going to die and they're all going to be gone soon. What he does for the Lord Jesus Christ, the only thing that's going to last. And he really found the truth. Once he found the truth, how is he going to let go of the truth? May we be like that. May we fall among the group of disciples in verse 16. But blessed are your eyes for they see and your ears for they hear. That means what? The people who see, and you see your sins and you repent. You see the work of God and you believe. You hear the teachings of the Lord and you obey. So assuredly I say to you that many prophets and righteous men desire to see what you see and did not see it, and to hear what you hear and did not hear it. He's talking about the teachings of the Lord Jesus Christ. Like I said, those are the most important words in the entire Bible. The teachings of the Lord Jesus Christ that God has given to the New Covenant people. We need the Old Testament and we need the New Testament. Don't get me wrong. We need every part of the Bible. Do you know what? Even the Old Testament prophets didn't get to hear 
the words of the Lord Jesus Christ. We have been given the whole Bible. We've been given the revelation of God from the Old Testament through the New Testament. We have been given much more. More than even the people who lived during the lifetime of Jesus. We have everything in writing. And so that we don't forget. We can read it over and over and over and over again. Never miss a single word of the Lord Jesus Christ because everything is in writing right before us. But we are very blessed. Very blessed. Because we have His Word. And we want to obey Him. And we make effort to obey Him. And God says, your eyes are blessed. Your ears are blessed. Because you have the Word of God. That's the most important thing. If we are disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ, we fall into that category. Having decided that, God, you're the one I want. I will give up anything to follow you. Like we saw yesterday. We really want to follow the Lord 100%. Deny ourselves and follow Him. For me to live is Christ and to die is gain. We have to come to that state. No more self-preservation. No more making myself look good in front of people. No more covering up. No matter how much we cover up, everything is open before the Lord. So it's important for us to be sincere and honest before the Lord Jesus Christ. And God says, when you have a heart to follow Him 100%, when your heart is fixed on the Lord Jesus Christ 100%, then your eyes are blessed, your ears are blessed because you want to follow Him. You want to obey Him. You want to be faithful to Him. You want to do what Christ has called you to do. That He's teaching you. Jesus is teaching you. When He's teaching you, are you among those who really listen? Really obey? Or are we among those who we just have ears, but not ears to hear. Eyes, but not eyes to see. We want to be among the obedient. I just want to read that parable and finish it off before we close for tonight. Let's just go back to... Um, let's actually go to the parable. Let's just go down to verse 18. Therefore, hear the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom who does not understand it, then the wicked one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. This is he who received seed by the wayside. What's happening? The person who is given the seed, the word of God, by God, into their heart, when they don't make the effort to hold on to the seed, which is the word of God, what happens? They allow the wicked one to come and snatch away what was sown in his heart. This is what Jesus talks about. Seeing, they do not see. Hearing, they do not hear. So that they may not understand. It's a choice. It's not that, oh, I don't know, I can't understand. Somehow I don't understand, so I'm going to hell because of that. No. Everyone, is going to, everyone who is going to go to hell all who's there, is there, are going there because of the choice they made. Purely because of the choice they made. Because salvation has been freely given to all those who would believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Believe equals obey. We saw that. There's no such thing as believing without obeying Him. So Jesus says this. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, then the wicked one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. This is he who receives seed by the wayside. You can group them as the disobedient ones. And they hear the word of God. They want to not obey. They don't want to show any interest. They disregard the word of God. They disregard the word of God. As a result, the wicked one comes and he takes it away because you have no care. You don't want to protect it in your heart. You don't want to hide it in your heart. So Satan comes and takes it away. 
Verse 20, but he, who but he who received the seed on stony places, this is he who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. We've seen this many times in our ministry. When God touches people, they're so happy. They'll say, oh, this is such a wonderful service. We've never been in a service like they'll say all kinds of flowery words. We've seen this many, many times and we don't really give weight to those words. All God is looking for is, what are you going to do with what I did for you now? Our words must match our actions. Our actions should follow the words that we just spoke. So the people who received the word with great joy, do you know what? They're not going to really last. Because there's no root. That means they hear it. They're so happy. They didn't despise the word to begin with. They didn't ignore the word to begin with. But these are people who received it, but disobeyed. Very happy about the word, but really didn't obey fully. So the root is very shallow. And they don't last. When tribulation or persecution comes because of the word, immediately he stumbles. You know why? Because they didn't obey the word. And they don't have room in their heart for the root to grow. Because the word breaks the stones and the rocks. But it has to be given room. It has to be given room. Obedience to the word of God will cause growth and greater growth in one's spiritual life. Write this down. The more you obey God, the more you will grow spiritually. The faster you obey Him, the faster you will grow spiritually. But those that don't, when persecution and problems arise as a result of the word, oh, my friends don't want to speak to me. Oh, my co-workers are not smiling at me. So I'm not going to read the Bible at work. I'm not going to pray. I'm not going to talk about Jesus. I'm going to live just like an unbeliever. Before they know, they will completely leave the faith. Because they didn't fully obey the word of God. Now, verse 22. Now he who receives seed among the thorns is he who hears the word and cares. And the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and he becomes unfruitful. Then there's another group of people who are very happy too. They hear the word and they are growing for a short time just like the previous group. But for them, it's not the persecution because of the word, but it's the cares of the world. I don't have money. This is not working out. You know how many people will work on a Sunday and not go to church? Cares of the world and deceitfulness of riches. They become unfruitful. There's no prosperity in their lives. They become spiritually poor. They have spiritual poverty plaguing their lives, all through their lives, because they've chosen money over God. They've chosen career over God. They've chosen education over God. So all through their lives, they bear a curse of spiritual poverty. They become unfruitful in every way. Then verse 23 says, but there's a group who call the faithful. A group, smart group that found the worth of eternal life. Those are the ones who hear the word of God, hearing to hear, listening ears. And because of that, they understand it. And they obey. These are the ones who bear fruit and produce a hundredfold, some 60 and some 30. We have to look at the category over here. Within those who bear fruit, there are some who bear hundredfold fruit. 
There are some who produce 60-fold fruit. And there are some who produce 30-fold fruit. I will once again say, it depends upon your faithfulness to God. The people who are more faithful among the faithful will bear hundredfold fruit. The people who compromise here and there a little bit, they're going to bear 60-fold fruit. The people, so they're putting God first, but they're still holding on to other things here and there. They will bear 30-fold fruit. I'm not talking about sin. Those who are holding on to sin have no place in the kingdom of God. Know ye not, the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God, says God's word. A good tree will not bear bad fruit. A bad tree will not bear good fruit. You shall know them by their fruits, Jesus said. So sin has no place. Deliberate, presumptuous sin has no place in the life of a believer. But those who are walking with God, who are really obeying the word of God, even with their obedience, there are people who will thoroughly, thoroughly, thoroughly obey him and give their life over to God for a life of total self-denial. That means not my will, period. Only God's will be done in every way. Those are the ones who will yield hundredfold fruit. Now someone says, this, oh no, everyone is equal in the kingdom of God? Absolutely not. The many, many scriptures I can show you, I've talked about that many times. It depends on your diligence. It depends on how much time you spend with God. It depends on how much you love God. You'll be productive in the kingdom of God. You'll fall either with a group of the trees that would bear hundredfold fruit. Or, you know what, yeah, I, you know, I will deny myself, but you know what, you know, when I look at that person, you know, I'm, I'm not going to. Now, I help them, but I forgive them, but I cannot pray for God to bless them. I'm not carrying bitterness, but, you know, I'm not going to go that one more step to give if I have to, to give one. Those are the things the Lord sees. Those are the ones who will go under 60. And the best will go under 30, depending on your walk, integrity before God. If you don't have integrity, you're not going to make it. Know that for sure. If you have presumptuous sin in your life, you're not going to make it. Know that for sure. Because your fruit will betray you. But this is talking about even in obeying whatever God has said. If you don't do a thorough job, if you really don't seek Him, that means, I'm doing everything, I'm going to church, and I'm faithful in my tithes and offerings, I am um, fasting, I'm attending all the Bible studies, and I'm not stealing at my workplace, and I am um, sharing with people and all those things. But you know what, I'm not really keen on praying for souls. Those are the kind of things I'm talking about this morning. I'm not talking about presumptuous sin. I pray for people, but I'm not taking that much time to pray for people because I'm giving more time for my schoolwork or I'm giving more time for other things, which is important too. I'm not going to really take more time to spend with this co-worker to share the gospel because, you know, I need to get home and I need to go to sleep. Those are the things God sees. So when people who are 100% committed to God, they won't care what they get, what they don't get. They would pray for hours for others. They would miss work if need be. They would miss school if need be. God takes care of all of those for them. But they will sacrifice everything, not expecting anything in return but simply because they love God. Those are the ones who will bear hundredfold fruit. The rest of them, like I said, they will give to God. They will support missions work. They will bear sixtyfold fruit. But when it comes to prayer, I can't pray for that long for others. When it comes to sacrificing the work time in order to give the gospel to somebody, I can't do that. I get tired. I'm not going to. I can't stay. I've got to go home. 
we miss out. Those are the ones who bear 60 folds. And then there's 30 folds who will do even less when it comes to serving God. They bear 30 folds. So even in fruit bearing, there's a difference. And according to what you bear and how useful you are to Christ now on earth, according to that, your rewards will be in heaven. Remember that. So it's worth it. It's worth following Jesus. It's worth living for Him. And it's worth dying for Him. Because He's everything. He gives everything. And above everything, He is enough for us. When you remember that, remember this. If you're a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ, forsaking everything and following Him, then God will teach you, show you the secrets of the kingdom of heaven. And God will give to you everything that you need in order to bear fruit for His kingdom. Whatever choice you make in regards to bearing fruit, according to those choices, you will fall under the percentage of how much you're going to bear fruit. It's between you and God, no pressure. What you want and what you work for. And what you put in is what you're going to get out. You can't give 10% and expect 100%. When I say give, I'm not talking about money. I'm talking about yourself itself. Giving money is easier than giving yourself to God. For some people, giving money is also very difficult. More than anything, giving your life for the Lord Jesus Christ is the most important. Those who give their life for the Lord, giving anything else, their time, their money, their treasure, whatever it is, their talent, is nothing. It will just come as a second nature. Give yourself over to the Lord Jesus Christ 100% and see what He can do for you. The harvest is plenty, the labor is for you. We are in a famine where the fruit is so essential. People are hungry. They need the fruit. Jesus is going to come and look at your tree to see how much fruit you've borne so that His people can be fed. The people can enter into eternal life. We don't want to be like the fig tree that had all the leaves all over, full of leaves. But when Jesus went near, there was no fruit. And as a result, he cursed the fig tree, saying that, let no fruit ever come out of you. We want to be people who bear fruit. I encourage you this morning through the words of the Lord Jesus Christ. Really think about how you're living. Think about your life. How's your day? How's your evening? How's your night time? How's your spare time? Are you doing too much that you don't have time for God? Or do you have too much time that you don't know what to do with? Both are dangerous. You need to find the right balance. And the equation is seeking the kingdom of God first. It's righteousness first. That proportion is the right proportion. As we close, may God help us examine ourselves in the light of the scripture. We don't want to be people who receive everything, but we have no revelation on anything. We're not understanding much because we don't care to find out from the Lord what this really means because we're not willing to really give up everything and follow Jesus. We don't want to be like the outsiders. We want to be the insiders, those who will receive a special interpretation, those who will receive the truth, the precious truth that Christ has for us. 
May God bless us with this word. May God prosper us this morning. Give us a true understanding of what the Spirit of the Lord is speaking. That our ears may not become dull. That our hearts may never become cold. Our eyes may never become heavy with slumber. May not, that we may not miss what God has for us. May our hearts be ever broken before the Lord so that everything that God has for us may just go right into us so we may bring forth much fruit. In times of persecution, where that comes because of the word, in times of shortage, where the cares of the world may come near us, or when we have plenty. That may not shake us or move us from the Lord, but it may drive us ever more closer to God so that we may fall under the category of those who bring forth 30, 60, and 100 full fruit. May God bless us. Shall we pray? Father, we thank you, Lord, for speaking to our hearts. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. How lovely are your ways, O Lord. How lovely are your ways. How lovely are your ways. How lovely is your path, O Lord. Teach me your ways, and I will walk in your truth, show me your ways, and I will walk in your path. There's one and only, one and only, one and only path to freedom. There is freedom, there is freedom. There is freedom in the path of the Lord. There is freedom. There is freedom. There is freedom in the path of the Lord. Father, we thank you for the freedom that you have given us through the blood of Jesus Christ. For taking us out of darkness planting us on that solid rock, setting our feet, Lord, in that steady place. And thank you for what you've done. I pray may your word continue to work in the hearts of your people. We may not be like the outsiders. We're very happy with what we hear and just go back home with no change. We're very happy with what we hear. We're very happy with all the miracles we see. Maybe we get some miracles too. We never understand secrets of the kingdom of heaven because we chose not to be his disciples. Oh, Father, I pray that you will work in the hearts of your people. Do a deeper work, O oh Lord. Your people may Hold on to the truth. They may walk in the path of freedom, choosing to be the disciple of the Lord, who would bring forth much fruit. That the words that Christ may speak may bring life and impart life to others through them. So bless your people of God. They serve and I bless them with this blessing that they may be people who have ears to hear, eyes to see, hearts to understand, oh God, minds that will capture every word that God says, hearts that will want to know more of Jesus, hear more of His voice, that will run to obey Him immediately, 
slow to speak, slow to anger, quick to listen. So bless you people, Lord. And I thank you for doing it. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen.